Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Let's Watch podcast, where we talk about the lunchbox, not what's in our lunchboxes, but a movie that Carolyn picked that no one has ever heard of except people from <laughs> India. It's on Netflix. Yes. For some reason, you found it. My parents recommended it to me. But first, dunks. Carolyn, you've watched lots of things in the past while. So what did you watch? You told me you did. I don't know if you lied or forgot or both. This is true. Let me get my list. I wrote down a note here. I'm I'm looking at the wrong list. Um, This is a list of movies I want to see. And I I couldn't remember the name of this movie. So it just says Dysfunctional Bipolar Hulk. And I'm trying to figure out what that movie is. I think it's... Who played the Hulk? Which one? The um, Mark something. Mark Ruffalo. That's the one. Okay. It's <laughs> Infinitely Polar Bear is the movie that I think I was going for, but uh, oh, I missed. Oh, I've heard of that movie. That is a yeah. movie that exists. Yeah. But anyways, good. Okay, so what did I watch? Long, long ago, I watched Life Happens. What's Life Happens? It's on Netflix. It's fine. It, okay, so basically what it is, it's Kate something. One of the Kates. Mara? Beckinsdale. Kate. No. Good thing I have access to the internet. True. Uh, anyway, so it's that chick and then the chick from Don't Mess with the Bee. Oh, Kristen, or whatever that's Kristen Ritter? Yeah, that one. The one who's playing so, Jessica Jones? Yeah. <laughs> so it was them two and then occasionally Rachel Bilson was also in it. But anyway, so it's these two best friends. And in the very first scene, they're both like boinking with some boys. And then they sprint downstairs. And then there's only one condom left. And they're like, ah, you take it or no, they actually just stole it. Anyway, so the one chick gets pregnant and has a child and then basically has to, like, deal with having that child and how her life could have been different and the other one could have been the one with the child because, you know, they, she stole her condom or whatever. So it's basically these three friends raising this baby and trying to deal with friendship and love lives and babies. It was Kate Bosworth. Yeah, that that one. So that was... I mean, as good as it sounds. Was it like three women and a baby instead of three men and a baby? It was like 2.5 women and a baby, but yeah, pretty much. Well, who's the half woman? Yeah. I think Rachel Bilson was the most redeeming quality of that movie. She just (laughs) popped in every once in a while and she she would just say something funny and then leave. I don't think that's ever been said about a movie before. (laughs) (laughs) She was also the the roommate that you always kind of wondered like why she was there. Because the other two roommates were always like, oh yeah, we're besties, blah, blah, blah. And then the third roommate, like, they just wasn't their bestie, I guess. And then, but she was the one who gave, like, the solid piece of advice at the end that changed the fate of everything. So, I guess that's why she was there. I don't, I don't know, honestly. Why did you watch this movie? Because it was one of those Netflix Fridays where you gotta watch something. I think you can choose a little bit better than Life Happens. I mean, it was one of those things that Netflix peer pressured me into again. And the last time, that also didn't work out well. So I just really have to stop listening to Netflix. Carolyn, stop getting peer pressured by a computer website program (laughs) algorithm. You can can decide what you want to watch on your own. But sometimes you can't. So I watched that. I think you always can. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's another Friday night fun flick with a gang of girls, but... And wine. Yeah, it's it's a wine night movie that you're probably going to have talk over For the anyways. Carolyn drinking update, it's not wine this time. It is beer. It's beer today, and half of it is on my trousers, so that's a good start for the night. <laughs> trousers, I don't know where I got that. My um, I went to the beach today, 
and I showed up to the uh, to work. It was a work social. And I showed up wearing pants, and this one guy, he's from Wales. He's like, "What are you doing wearing trousers?" And I was like, "Okay." They are called trousers. <laughs> like, that is what it. That's what they, they're called. <laughs> they are, and I was just kind of like, <laughs> I was so thrown by his trouser comment that I it didn't occur to me that he thought it was weird. I was wearing jeans to a beach. Did you just yell back, "What come from a real country next time? <laughs> Nobody's from Wales. <laughs> I can't say that. He's an international student. It would be mean. Also, tell him to make a language that makes sense and isn't just a bunch of random letters in a row that's like <laughs> 30 letters long for one word. Welsh is like... <laughs> that's accurately Welsh. I Sure. <laughs> yes. Okay, so life happens. I would not give that my um, A+. Plus recommendation no dunk seal no, of approval no dunk seal of approval Nah, it more drunk seal of approval maybe what else did you watch because the life happens because i think you want to move on from that movie it was it's because it was so good what else did i watch i watched paper towns because i'm a girl in the 20s so it was kind of mandatory but anyways so i watched paper towns which is the newest john green book to movie adaptation i never saw um the a fault in our stars but this one was pretty good it um it was interesting it took a lot of different uh directions than i thought it would and everyone is all raving about how cara delavine was in it she was not in it for that much of the time so i don't i mean she was good when she was there and i can see the appeal she's very mysterious and those eyebrows are just all up and everywhere the, the <laughs> eyebrows on that girl seriously she's got some eyebrow game she does and it's funny because i was having a conversation with my friend and we were both kind of like I can't tell if I think she's attractive or not. Like, she's just one of those people that you're just kind of looking at her and you're like, I think I, maybe you're attractive. You're not unattractive, but like... She's striking. Yeah, and then you hear she's a model and then you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because she looks like a model. She's model attractive with the, you know, severe eyebrows and like the face with the, yeah, sternness. But no, she looks like a model and then the second you hear that, you're like, oh, she's that, you know, version of attractive, I guess. She was good in it. The main character was just some random, but he did good, I guess. He's from The Fault in Our Stars. Is he really? Mm-hmm. He plays the blind guy. Oh, my goodness. It's funny. At one point, there's, like, a cashier that they talk to, and the cashier is the guy, the, the main guy from A Fault in Our Stars. Ansel Elgort? Sure. That's a name. He must be Welsh. No. Nobody's Welsh. <laughs> but, um, no, there were there's certain parts where I was actually laughing out loud. Which was which was good. So yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed watching it. Did you see this one in a theater or? I did. I saw it in a real live theater. No, no, real live theater. I drove. I uh, went out for dinner. It was like it was like date night, alone, alone with myself. But it was a good. Movie. <laughs> you went out to dinner alone and <laughs> to a movie alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Just sitting at a table in a restaurant alone. <laughs> No, but it was. I, I would. Um, I would say that that one's worth a watch. Did you like? Did you see the Fault in Our Stars? No, I never saw that one. I have the book. I haven't read it. <sighs> Carolyn. So I'm a big John Green flan. 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 <laughs> What's a flan? It's it's a baked good. I think like a like kind of like a tart. No, a flan's not a thing. Yeah, a flan is a thing. Google it. It's like uh, it's got a caramelized top. Well, you like, might be right. It's an open pastry. <laughs> <laughs> or sponge cake. So you're a big uh, John Green flan. I'm a I'm a John Green flan. Oh man, man, I'm a flan. 
So you like this conversation movie? has really just gone downhill. It's just uh. it's all over the place right now. You need to get control of this again somehow. I spent all day in the sun. It's not my fault. Wearing my trousers, I got a little hot. <laughs> you didn't take off your pants? No, I did. I took them off like two minutes after I got to work. I it just like I packed my bag with swimsuit and shorts and tank top and everything the night before, and then in the morning I just kind of forgot because I was going to work to meet the people. So I just put on normal clothes, and then uh, got made fun of fun of real quickly. Oh, Carolyn. Aren't you the boss lady, though? No, not of this job. No. So you couldn't fire everybody? No. I don't... Th th but this guy wasn't my boss, either. Like, we're just not in the same department. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you recommended Paper Towns? Yes, I, I would recommend that one. That one was pretty good. Third movie that I saw was Spy, which is the newest Melissa McCarthy movie. I also saw this one in theaters. No! I did. No, I don't believe you. This is like triple your amount you've seen all year. <laughs> but um, I, I saw it in like the cheap theater. The Yeah. But anyways, this one was actually, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Melissa McCarthy movies, but I am a fan of Melissa McCarthy, which is like the most problematic thing. Well, you've been a fan of her since the Gilmore Girls days. And in the Gilmore Girls days, she was amazing she's she's hilarious she's low-key and you believe her character like she could be that fun best friend whatever they lately in her movie she's been way overplaying that and it becomes those like stupid comedies and i don't like stupid comedies i hardly like comedies so stupid comedies just really get to me but what i found interesting with spy is she's the most toned down character they're all ridiculous and she's the one who's kind of like oh okay you guys are a bit weird like that story is you know probably not true like I guess we'll go on this mission. And so it's kind of fun. It's, um, yeah, no, it's kind of fun. Uh, what's his face? Jason Statham, isn't it? He's hilarious because he's this guy who's like a super badass spy. There's this whole scene. Statham, but he knows yeah. he's playing Statham. He's like making fun of himself, which is pretty great. He, um, he, there's this whole rant that he goes on where he's basically talking about all the ridiculous things he's done as a spy. And at one point he's like, you know, this arm got ripped off and I sewed it back on with this arm. And she's like, well, I, I don't think that, that that's possible. And he's like, but I did it, didn't I? With his like little accent going on there. Today's the day of accents, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so that one was actually surprisingly good. I mean, if you're looking for something like, you know, mindless to watch, go for it. How many out loud laughs did it get? Like maybe, maybe three. But that's because I was with someone who I didn't want to show that I don't laugh to movies to. So I was sitting there going, <laughs> <laughs> when it wasn't actually that funny. Good luck editing that laugh out, by the way. That was real loud. No, it's okay, <laughs> Carolyn. You didn't laugh at it seriously any time? No, I, I did. It was funny. Yeah. No, there were, there were certain parts where I was just... Usually during the... See, the thing I find about these movies is that they have a lot of like big like physical comedy rather than witty wordy comedy but this movie did have a lot of wordy banter that i found like really funny and that's 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 what'll get the laughs for me you know someone getting bonked in the head with something won't get the laughs so yeah i laughed it's a paul feig movie is it yeah the guy who directed bridesmaids and is directing the ghostbusters with melissa mccarthy it's when they team up generally they, they do good things it's when she goes out on her own and does the stupid melissa mccarthy shtick that is kind of tired now that it doesn't work for me anywhere. He must have watched uh, Gilmore Girls because he he definitely knows how to pull out that more believable side. Even if the movie's not very probable, her character somehow was believable compared to, compared to other characters that are supposed to be more realistic that she's played. 
which was a very roundabout way of saying it was a decent movie. <laughs> Does this get the dunk seal of approval? Sure. I'd, I'd say it's a, if you're in the right mood for something like that, I would go for it. Okay. Have you? What else yeah. have you done with All right, yourself? last movie. Mo- another movie. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just, I was cranking him out. Um, there was one weekend where I just didn't leave the house. My one <laughs> friend was out of town, so. <laughs> I won. You didn't just like creep her on all of the social medias to feel like you were with her? She was at a wedding, so yes, I did. She didn't but, take you um, as her plus one? Right. I also made invitations for this wedding. I would like to point out, I um, <laughs> I was visiting her at her hometown, and um, she was, there was like, a wedding making, wedding invitation making party, and she didn't want to leave me at home because she doesn't like. I'm like a dog. If you leave me at home, I just tear apart the living room. So, she brought me with her, and I met the bride, and then I helped. Like it was like me and the bridesmaids making invitations, and then I went bridesmaid dress shopping the next day with the bride and my friend and this other bridesmaid, uh, which was very strange. And then I helped plan the bachelorette party because my friend was looking for ideas, so I, h- I helped give her some ideas. And then I uh, helped my friend write the speech that the bridesmaids made. Oh, is she? No, she wasn't the maid of honor, but the maid of honor made a speech and then the the bridesmaids made a... I was going to say best bride because I knew it wasn't best man (laughs) and I forgot what the the bride's one was called. So I was going to say best bride. Uh, It should be the best woman. I don't know why it's not. Best woman. Best woman. Because you can be a bridesman. You can be a bridesman? Yeah. Is that allowed in like super religious weddings? Like, or are they like gender specific? It's like, if your best friend was know. a lady and you're a dude, you'd be like, I want her to be my best man. And the priest is like, motherfucker, no. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, has I, a I vagina. Like... They need a penis. <laughs> I feel like in very, um, very classical weddings, you would not likely have that. But I've seen a lot of photos where there's like a bridesman. A bridesman. Because it's like your best friend or like whatever. But it's always kind of funny because I look at the photos of like, the the bridal party so it's the bride and her like ladies and her i guess bridesmen if there is some and i always mistake it for the groom unless he's super gay looking and then sometimes i still mistake it for the groom so well are they wearing pants yeah yeah yeah. they don't they don't wear the same outfit as the brides usually no but like if they're wearing pants then i guess that's basically a man thing a best man thing they're not wearing a dress they're wearing like a yeah they're wearing like a tux or whatever the dudes not the ladies yeah, but if it was the lady on the dude side, she would probably still wear a dress, just Why? matching colors. Why wasn't she wearing a, a pants? Why is she wearing a pantsuit? There's lady pants. Well, if you were someone's man of honor, I guess that's what you would call it. Would you want to wear a dress just because Hell the other ladies no. are wearing dresses? Hell <laughs> exactly. No. I wouldn't wear pants. <laughs> what would you wear? Shorts. This segues very nicely into. I watched Camp X-Ray. I forgot the last movie you watched, and there's another movie? I don't think we finished talking about the last movie. The last movie was Spy. Oh, okay. I thought there was another one in there. I forget what was happening. We got sidetracked by my opinion on pants, which are the scourge of humanity. Camp X-Ray is the last movie, which is about Guantanamo Bay. Oh, it's the one with Case Stew. Yes, another Kristen Stewart movie. How was it? I had to. I hadn't seen the, you know, the only Kristen Stewart movie I hadn't seen. Uh, It was good. It was depressing it makes a lot of social commentaries i'm pretty sure this was the director's first movie and he really came it was rather daring to come out and you know make a movie that's supposed to be making a statement i quite liked it it was largely based around 
well, pretty much solely based on um, Kristen Stewart's character, who was a soldier. This particular prisoner who she chats to, I guess. It's not always a nice relationship. It's not like a buddy-buddy movie. Um, this is the director's first movie. Um, he also wrote it, and his name is Peter Sattler. Yeah, so it's very, very character-driven. And it's interesting. It makes a lot of commentaries on status and you know, the real reasons why these people are in Guantanamo Bay, because obviously that's a very controversial issue in itself. But I thought I thought they did a very good job. They pulled off the characters. Kristen Stewart was great in it. You're, un you're unbiased, though. You're unbiased, <laughs> opinion. Uh, but I was reading some things online, and someone's like, I hate when everyone says she makes the same face all the time, because in this movie I saw this face and this face, and I saw anger and grief and happiness and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty interesting given how the majority of these two people's conversations are through a prison door. Hmm. Okay, so I, she's, from guessing from looking at the movie poster, she's obviously playing a uh, army person, so I would assume she's yeah. a guard. Yeah. So it was um, with a prisoner? Yeah, what's interesting about the, the military people that are at Guantanamo Bay, they don't choose to be there. They get assigned there, and it's apparently, like, the soldiers don't really well in this movie at least um and probably in real life they don't like the job so they're already feeling like ugh, i don't want to be here and kind of like why are these prisoners making our life suck this is hard but then the prisoners are sitting there being like well, we really don't want to be here kind of thing and yeah so so it's a very slow paced movie um they they are kind of daring in a lot of like long shots and like facial expressions and there'll be long pauses between conversation and it feels a lot more like real life that way and it kind mm. of helps you understand the monotony that is them in this prison system does it get the dunk does it get the dunk seal of approval it does it definitely does is it because is it because every movie with case two you've watched has gotten the dunk seal of approval yes yep. <laughs> so this is we might just have to write out all her movies for an actual recommendation <laughs> Yeah, all of her movies have. Even uh, Panic Room, that, what, that like, movie's great. 1990s thriller with Jodie Foster. I think it's... The, that is a great movie. I love it. 2000s. It's also kind of terrifying. Is it a uh, Camp X-Ray a very political, like, leaning, politically mess? Like, does it have a message? I'm assuming it's probably left-leaning, considering Kristen Stewart's in the movie, and I know her political viewpoints on stuff. It's incredibly um, left-leaning, so if you don't want that, probably don't watch it. But it takes a while to get there, but but the messages throughout are all very clear. Even in the fact that the soldiers don't like the job, and they don't really like what they're doing there. And the prisoner, he's just kind of like a goat farmer or something like that, and you never know like how true it is or if he actually did anything wrong. But a lot of the prisoners there, you kind of get the impression that these are people they just like pulled in. And well, like besides her, they're not very well-known actors in America, at least. Maybe in other yeah, countries. Yeah, the but... um, the guy who plays the prisoner is apparently well-known um elsewhere. I don't remember where elsewhere, <laughs> but he's look. uh he's been in some stuff. Is he an older guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was in um a separation, the mm -hmm. uh, film that was nominated for an foreign film Oscar, and like just a, basically that's it. Uh, not yeah. much, not much else that I recognize, but I remember Zacharias. Also, there is a man named Sir Apostrophe Darius, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, so it is. It is fairly left leaning, but as long as it's not like 
that's as long as it's not that's the point of the movie i don't care yeah. what its political message is because i like it's important that these movies get made i just don't want it to be like she's at this thing and then like every scene change or like every big moment it's like oh if the liberals were in power this wouldn't happen it's like oh you do i get it i don't this is not this is a movie this isn't this isn't what yeah this isn't what this it is for. very much was it felt like it was more about the characters and it was using the characters to tell that story rather than using them to like i don't know they weren't like a tool it was about them and then you kind of realize you know what the situation meant and that kind of thing but yeah no i I've, i liked it a lot and yeah do recommend okay is there anything else dumb no that is all that is all that that's I've all watched. is that not enough for you i don't know <laughs> you might have more you might have had nope. a very lonely week or something <laughs> not so much your 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 friend might have abandoned you again and not <laughs> added you as a plus one which yeah is, i'm so I sad think, about that there uh, was no plus ones at the wedding what it was a very small wedding why what why, why can't they just bring a plus one that doesn't because then everyone could bring plus ones. Also, this couple's been together for a long time. So pretty much all of their friends that have like, well, they have all of the same friends. And then all of the friends who have like significant others, they know them as well. And they were also just invited. Um, so basically them having no plus ones was so that no one brought like their random friend or like just that guy that they've sort of been seeing. Mainly it was just to prevent you from coming. I know. I really should have been invited. Sad about it. You'll never forgive them. No, I won't. <laughs> okay. Uh, unless there's anything else, uh, I will no. move on to my things. I would love to hear what you watch. Okay. Would you like the movie, the TV show, or the book first? Ooh, go with the book. Go the book. book. We haven't done books in a while. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> the book that I read, a part of my own book club because I'm a middle-aged housewife, is Stephen King's The Shining, which came oh. out in like 77, I want to say. The book's... I watched I've watched the movie before I read the book. So, and I like the movie more. I think the movie's better. better. And they're entirely different tellings of this same story. Like even the room number is changed. The only thing they have in common is the lady they find in that that ghost they find in the room and the character names of the family and the fact that there was a caretaker there before them who killed somebody. But in the book, he's not. He doesn't even. She, his family never shows up. Like the girls never show up. Have you seen the movie Shining? <laughs> Funny story about the movie. I uh, I was watching it one time. And you got too scared. No, I was just really tired because we had watched two movies, and uh, this was the second one. So I kept dozing off, but I kept waking up. It's also very slow at the beginning. It is. A, it's a long movie. It's yeah, like two and, and a half so hours. I was awake for all the beginning, and then I would fall asleep, and then wake up when something scary happened, fall asleep again, wake up when something scary happened. I did not like a... sleep for like a week. <laughs> it's... <laughs> okay, so I, I won't spoil it, uh, because I, that's a good movie, and you think that you sh I should watch it. But like, the twin girls are mentioned in the book, but they're never characters. The book's also like 659 pages long, which is about like 250 pages too long. Yeah. It gets to it like it's like it's a good book, but it was just like it was at a point where I was like it jumps between the three family members, and I'll I'll spoil the book because I've read it, and because I don't think you'll read this book. So in the book, Danny is the child of Wendy and Jack, and Jack has lost his job, and he's gotten hired as basically his last chance to be the caretaker for this hotel that closes for the winter and it's on basically on the top of a mountain in Colorado and it closes in the winter because it's impossible to get down to or up to 
during winter, so they need somebody there to check the boiler and make sure everything's fine and no if windows get broken, so they replace them and board it all up and such and such and such. And Danny has this ability, which they call the shine, which basically means he has like second sight and that sort of stuff. So he's basically like telepathic. And they just spent way too much time with Jack, like trying to make him understand him because he's the one that gets possessed by the hotel because the hotel's the one that is controlling everything. Whereas in The Shining, the movie, it's more about the ghosts that are in the hotel um, right. that drive Jack crazy. So, but they just spend like, and Jack like breaks Danny's arm and he's kind of like, he's a recovering alcoholic or he's been dry for a couple months. Uh, and he's just kind of generally a bad parent and bad husband and just a, not a good dude. And they just kind of try to redeem him too much. And that might be a product because it like the book was written in the seventies. So it was way more accustomed for an audience to be sympathetic towards a figure who broke his own child's arm. Like maybe that you would forgive that more so than you would now. And then it just, it goes to there and they do this great build up until like with those characters, like, and with when I have an issue with Wendy is she's kind of just a non-character. Like she's only reacting to what Jack and Danny do. She's never doing something for herself. It's well, she's James, only reacting. You have to keep in mind. It's the seventies when women did nothing. Oh, I know so. your, your gender has come a long way. <laughs> And like we have that... in the past 40 years. <laughs> we were non-people, and now we uh, we wear pants to weddings, apparently. So. <laughs> pants to weddings. Uh, and, like, she, I just feel she's underwritten. That might just be because Stephen King didn't know how to write her. Or mm -hmm. he felt like like she isn't, out of the three, she's the least part of the story, right? Because Danny's the one that can see all of it all the time. Because he has the second sight ability to see Ghost. And Jack is, spoilers, the bad guy. Or the guy who succumbs uh -oh. to the whims of what the hotel wants. But, like, they do this good job building this tension in, like, the first three parts, which are about, like, 300 pages, which I think is... And, like, the fourth and fifth should have been, like, 100 each, or maybe Carolyn's trying very carefully to open <laughs> snacks without making noise and fail. I wanted a cookie. And it ends... Like, that part ends with, like, when... Like, the hotel... It's said that the hotel makes the parents fall asleep and Wendy falls into a deep sleep because she doesn't really have any demons like she's just kind of a normal girl and Danny goes up woman. to this yeah yes and Danny goes up to the room that he was told never to go into because like bad shit's in that room and that's like the woman in the tub from the movie that's where she is and Jack is having a dream in a basement but it's very real and that's where you learn about his family which I think is actually like his upbringing which is really good and it just it's succinctly building there and then it just can't keep it doesn't follow through on, like, the momentum. It just, like, slows to a halt and then takes way too long to get to the conclusion. Whereas, that, like, if I wasn't a part of, like, this book club, I wouldn't have finished the book because it was just taking too damn long to get there. But if you really like the movie, I would suggest reading the book because it's a different telling of the same story. Entirely different. They're basically two different stories. They just share the same characters and stuff. But I prefer I find the movie. that interesting with um, book and movie adaptations. I think it's the right thing to do, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, if I loved the book, I don't want just to see the same story told again. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting. Um, yeah, if they just do the same thing that happened in the book in the movie, it's never great. You either need a different telling of it or have a book that feels like it offers more insight. And if you watch the movie first and then you read the book, you, you kind of feel like you're getting the background or the behind the scenes. And I like that, too. It kind of, mm -hmm. like, fills in the gaps because you really, really love the movie and the story. And then you want more. So you watch, you read the book, and you get that more. And a book can take its time, and it's much more linear. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas a movie is okay. It's like we have to cut stuff out unless you're some fucking Quentin Tarantino and then you leave everything you've shot in. But I was thinking Woody Allen or Woody <laughs> Allen, but there that's I I on I honestly think that like the cuts that were made were necessary. I I do mm-hmm. wish there was some things that happened in the book that happened in the movie just because I think they were they were cool and that like because the movie was made in the eighties and I can just understand like some of the things would be hard to do like in instead of a maze which is in the movie it's hedge animals in the book and like that would be hard to animate hedge animals to make them believably terrifying in the 80s because it would just come across as goofy Mm -hmm. and look because they'd be practical and it would just be like it would just ruin the tone of the movie so i can understand that change um and instead of an axe he's holding like a roke mallet which is a previous version of croquet so like he actually like they when they fight like (laughs) <laughs> shit goes down um and the one scene i do wish in which is like a spoiler for the book and i'm sorry for ruining carolyn's sleep for tonight <laughs> is that when danny ever D- jack's got to danny like he's gonna like hit him with the mallet and then danny somehow has discovered that he can just yell go away and whatever ghost is there goes away which is a weird thing to discover at that point conveniently yeah handy. Like. and he like had he had does that with his dad and like the Overlook Hotel that's possession, possessing his dad leaves, or possessing Jack leaves, and Jack has this moment of like sympath, like a simp, like a re- redemption, and I just thought that was really wrong. But then the hotel overtakes him again, and then it proceeds to make him bash his own face with this rogue mallet until it's just all bloody. So he's Ew. just like standing there and just going like whack, 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 whack. But it's like all, all bloody. But apparently, like you can still tell where it still has like a face. So it's like it can only really be done in the book is it still has like a face outlined so you can tell mm-hmm. it like it has eyebrows and stuff but it's not his dad's face anymore so no it's okay i like the movie more that's pretty much it i would watch the movie if i would tell you one it would be interesting to see them try to like if they had never made the movie version before it would be interesting to see them take this book and make a movie ad- adaptation now because i feel like they would do a lot of things differently they want to and Ugh. it's a hard thing to do because you're remaking a stanley kubrick film and mm-hmm. he most of the reason his the movies that of his that are like well known there's a reason they're well known it's like he's he's a really great director or was a really great di- director and like i don't think anybody who makes movies wants to be like i'm remaking the shining which is like an american cinematic classic that <laughs> i can't yeah do it seems as like well. a bad idea <laughs> it's like uh, it's gonna get critically blasted and Stephen King hates that movie so if they did mm-hmm. remake it they would have to make it closer to the book and I don't know how that would turn out well I think it would be too graphic heavy and like they could make that weird bloody face thing now and I think they would try and I think you're right certain things would come across as goofy or just too big and too action movie and cinematic and they'd have to you know make, they'd have to write lines for Wendy that made her seem like an actual person and not somebody mm-hmm. who was a blank slate and for the whims of her child and her husband yeah so but they could do something cool with it i don't know but what do you want next tv show or movie 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 i watched yesterday i watched a movie called 71 Hmm. you have no idea what it is do you no is it spelled out or is it the number it's apostrophe seven one for Mm. the year the uh, year, it yes. stars Jack O'Connell, mm-hmm. who is from Skins and Starred Up and Unbroken. Unbroken, yep. And it's directed by a first-time director called Yann Demange. 
Uh, and it has a couple other famous character actors that I think you'll recognize, like Sean Harris is in it. He's been in a bunch of movies. You'll recognize him. Anyway, it's about, do you know anything about the IRA and that old business? Nope. With Northern Ireland and Belfast, how about Protestant and Catholic tensions? Nope. Well, the IRA is basically Irish Republic Army. Yeah. Or Resistance Army. Um, and it was basically because Northern Ireland was a part of Great Britain and Ireland isn't. And Ireland is Catholic and Northern Ireland is part of it is Protestant. And part in Belfast is split like basically right down the middle, half and half. So you can imagine they don't get along the too tensions. well. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it's about Jack O'Connell plays this young British soldier and they go there basically to extra reinforcements for just to like make when the police do their busts and stuff. Uh, just to make sure they're safe because tensions are high and like they are fighting like the people are fighting back and forth and they're just there to make sure things don't go sideways mm -hmm. into a full-on like civil war and as you can probably imagine it goes a little bit sideways in this movie uh, basically jack o'connell gets separated from his his army and he basically has to go on the run from all these different forces and survive a night in belfast while he's being hunted right and this movie with, like, limited dialogue. It is much more like real life. Like, there wouldn't be much talking in a situation like this, especially because one of them is on the run and doesn't want to give himself away. Because mm -hmm. if he speaks, he sounds like an English boy. Uh, and he's in Ireland. So he sticks out a little bit. Right. Um, but it, it builds, it, re it successfully really builds the tension of just this young kid who's not really a soldier he just got out of basic training kind of not wanting to be there and like understanding the world and like they're killing him for they're trying to kill him for no reason really like he can't like you can he learns that it's just like okay they're killing me because they just don't want to be a part of here but i'm like they're just doing it because they can it's yep. not because like i did anything wrong to them like it's mm -hmm. because other people have done wrongs to them and they're taking it out on me he's he's really good in the movie I love when he gets to pay, play someone British. You know, he gets to be <laughs> himself. <laughs> Speaks like Cook in this movie. Like, like his, like, mannerisms and, like, the way he delivers lines, like, the words he says are, like, yeah. Cook. And, like, he isn't that character because he's not, you know, a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And he's, like, a good actor. But, like, how he talks is how Cook talks. Like, they didn't change his his line delivery. So he says things here. I was like, whoa, since I watched Skins. But he's... Mm -hmm really good i don't want to spoil it because i think you should watch this movie so i'm kind of like dancing around with like what happens but there's mm -hmm. people that are looking after him and there's this one character i was watching it with my parents and he runs into a small protestant boy so like somebody that's will be nice to him like they won't mm -hmm. kill him and they're like he's taking him back to a bar so he can get back to his army barracks and stuff basically get him into the safe part of town out of the catholic part of town where everybody like of this select group of people are looking for him and they will just murder him straight up uh, right. and the boy's walking there and i was watching with her parents and we're like we can't understand a thing this child is saying <laughs> like he is speaking in the most irish thing i understood like he said me da and that's something that scottish and irish people call their dad so he said that and then some, he said protestant and catholic and i understood that <laughs> Uh, and he said he was taking him to a pub. And this is like a 10-minute conversation, and I got like six words. <laughs> I was like, and like Jack O'Connell isn't really talking back because he doesn't really trust this person. So he's just kind of like, mm-hmm, nodding and stuff. So it was like just learning through body language. And I look over at my parents, and my mom lived in Scotland for 
like 10 to 15 years and i was like <laughs> i just turned i was like i got none of that and she's like i i'm re- trying to listen really hard but i don't understand a thing he's saying <laughs> so like maybe put subtitles on if you can't understand irish people talk like most of it isn't too bad it's a lot of it's a lot of accents so but it's a really good movie i liked it it's very tense yeah and it's not a hollywood tense movie like it successfully builds this tension and then releases it and it's all about minimal conflict like there's limited action but it's like there's a lot of like mm, I'm not breathing <laughs> instead of like how many robots can we put on screen okay i want that many fighting them as well <laughs> and it's not cg so i think you would dig it dunks yeah you know what i find funny about accent movies is that the longer you watch them the more you get used to it um i was watching skins I've been watching Skins and re-watching Skins and whatnot for the past however long. I started watching it again recently. And I was watching um, the second generation. And you're right, Cook has a ridiculous accent. So the first episode, it was all like, oh, like proper British kids. And then he's all like, oh, yeah, get to Pac then. And you're like, sorry, what? Like, no idea what he was saying. And I, like, I remember knowing what he said last time. So I don't know like what changed. But once you watch a couple episodes, you're like, oh, of course, you can start speaking like that. Mm-hmm. and yeah. i like I mean, that it like it is understandable like once you get more used to it you'll be able to pick it up so if this movie's this movie's short it's like 90 minutes so mm-hmm. but i like i think this like jack o'connell's one of my favorite young actors he's not much older than me mm-hmm. so but like i think with like he does a good job with a role that it could have gone if you noticed the guy wasn't a good actor it would have felt like there was a nobody in the role but it was also if a guy was playing it too big then he would kind of mm-hmm. overact really easily so i think he did a he did a really really good job and it's well shot well directed well what's good about jack O'Connell all that stuff. is he he feels like yeah you're right a real person he doesn't really feel like a nobody because you're not sitting there wishing someone bigger had the role because you actually believe his character like he probably felt like the soldier and he he mm-hmm. always takes on his roles with that and it feels like you're taking mm-hmm. a snippet into like his life whenever he's acting something and I'm interested to see what he does from here because I think he, if he's placed in the right places, like in the right roles, he can be, he can be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is, he's like, he's 24, so he's, or he's 25 now, so he's one year older than me. Mm-hmm. He was born a year before me, so, which makes me feel unsuccessful. But, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. But anyway, the TV show I watched, which I want to talk lots about because I'm sure everybody's heard enough of it by now is true detective season two ah yes rachel mcadams is in that isn't she she's in it all the actors are trying really really hard they're just let down a little bit by the script the first three to four episodes i'm kind of like this is just kind of boring like there's good scenes in them and there's Mm -hmm. mildly interesting things happening right um but there's a lot of not caring but i liked the i like all the actors it is taylor kitsch colin farrell vince vaughn Rachel McAdams and a bunch of other HBO regular character actors that you'll recognize. Mm-hmm. Well, the first season was like stellar, wasn't it? And then everyone's kind of been first season's really second. good. Yeah. Yeah, first season's really good, and like the the second is different. And maybe like in a couple years, if we go back to it, you might it might be like the second season of The Wire, where it's like, oh, I was just it wasn't like the first, and I was just upset. Yeah. But like, see, episodes like five to seven were legitimately good because they finally got to the plot of the season, where the first four episodes were just setting up these characters, right. and then they were like cramming all this plot into you. And I was like, why wasn't the, the other episodes used for this? Like, just like I'm like, like you're telling me so much, and I don't understand. And like, the show's okay, and it's like 
it had it had good things i'd say it was if you like noir and you like crime you should watch it because you'll probably find something redeeming and if you like good acting you should watch it because i like i think vince vaughn shows he can be a serious actor but mm. the main problem i have with this show is that the bad guys the big reveal for the bad guys and for like why things are happening are characters you have met twice and once and never only mentioned in name and then the characters put it together and you're like I, who who is that and then like they come up on screen and you're like is that holloway or is that is that burris is that i don't what what i don't i guess that one's hall no i'm wrong okay so it's a lot yeah. of that so that's like my main issue with it it's it's pretty and i never like of... that though when you like i think a lot of the draw for crime shows and that kind of thing is that you can kind of play along and kind of you know see who it is and then there's a big twist and sometimes you appreciate that but you're right when you don't know that that person's even an option is kind of a letdown <laughs> yeah so that's pretty much all i have to say about it is that's my big issue so dunks it's time for you to drop a sick beat with your mouth and make some music for that news story that's my music today what's the news story dunks the news story is less of a story and more of a <laughs> you haven't done a new story since the first one. <laughs> I know. More of like, what do I want to talk about? Well, yeah, it's true. Okay, I guess a better way to put it is um, an article that I read and found interesting and now I want to share with all of you. So, the um, I was reading Sound and Picture, which is a magazine about international cinema. And so their film of the week was Mistress America. Oh, I know why you're picking this one. <laughs> you don't, but... Um, Anyhow, so essentially, um, this is a movie that's been getting a lot of press or whatever, so I felt like maybe we, we could chat about it. So it's um, directed by Noah Baumbach and... Um, your boy. Who? Who? Noah Baumbach's your boy. What else has he done? <laughs> Francis Ha? Oh yeah, that was him, wasn't it? True. And while we're young. Two Dunks movies. It's he true. makes Dunk movies. Um, so this one, same with Francis Ha, was co-written by Greta Gerwig. And she stars in both of them. So essentially, what the article says is it it uses so many buzzwords that would, you know, hit with millennials, um, which kind of almost, you know, swayed me which from we are. wanting... Yeah, but it kind of swayed me from wanting to watch it. Like, they were literally trying so hard to hit the dang buzzwords. But essentially, it is a typical Greta Gerwig movie in that it takes place in New York and it kind of is... Um, not a lot happens from what it sounds like, but apparently this one takes on a lot more of a cynical outlook than um, Francis Ha. I would also recommend Francis Ha, but that one is a mumblecore movie, so essentially they chat a lot and uh, not a whole lot actually happens. It kind of, you know, you end very similarly to where you start. But what I find interesting is Greta Gerwig always kind of has movies like this, but you never come out of it going like, okay, why did I watch that? That was kind of a waste of time. Because it kind of feels like you're taking a snippet into life, and her characters are always fairly believable. But apparently this one is quite cynical. It's more of in... a comedy, right? Yeah, it is It is a comedy, and it says, at points it has kind of a screwball comedy feel, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, well, this the tagline of this article is, um, Team Bombop Gerwig Return to New York, and Youth Simpatico if irresistible to satire with a sparkling screwball take on female friendship and creative narcissism the entire article is written like that um with like probably too Ugh. many words in one sentence and you don't really know what they're actually trying to say but 
what I gathered was that it's like it's pretty good, and there's a lot of things that are um, pretty relatable, especially in the female friendship world. Um, so, James, mm-hmm. I know you can relate to that one. Oh, all of my being a female, all mm-hmm. of my female friends. It's so. true. I don't know. I like. I am. I'm glad that somebody is making those movies and mm-hmm. is doing getting some form of press and acclaim for them. Yeah. Because I think they are needed, and Greta Gerwig's like a pretty great actress. Yeah, she's definitely the right one to do them. Up. This type of movie. And this, from what I've heard about the movie, I haven't seen it, um, but, and I've read reviews about it and listened to other people talk about it. Is it's kind of their most mainstream. So if you wanted to watch a Noah Baumbach movie, I think his last two, While We're Young, or Mr. America, Mr. America would be the ones to jump in on and then go back. Because I think he's, I don't want to say maturing as a filmmaker, because that makes it seem like it, he should aim to be more mainstream, but... He's becoming more approachable. Yeah, yeah. Or he's, like, targeting more, like, approachable because he, he wants, because, like, the, the movies he wants to make now, or he's, like, with, writing with Gerda, Greta? Gerda? Greta? Greta. <laughs> Greta Gerwig. Her style of writing might just be might make the movies more approachable but i'm like i'm interested to see this movie and i'm glad they're making them and mm-hmm. i've heard great things about this so yeah and there's a, i've seen a few clips online and it seems like one of those movies that you're just it's kind of a bit ridiculous but not in like an outlandish kind of way the scene that i watched was like greta greta gerwig's character shows up at like a door because um, she wants to talk to someone and she's like with all of her friends and the person whose door she shows up is like having a party and she's like I can't like have you here right now and she's like oh it's okay we'll just wait like social norms just aren't there and she's like oh we'll just wait in the car and the lady's like no no that's weird like don't just go sit in the car and it like it's awkward and ridiculous but it feels like something that like could actually happen um if you had that weird socially awkward friend yeah and Greta Gerwig plays like this movie's about Greta Gerwig playing like a lady who lives in new york who's entering her who's just turning 30 31 mm-hmm. uh, and she's her cousin is coming to visit her who is so she's like carolyn age <laughs> okay <laughs> and she her cousin's coming to stay with her for a little bit who is like 18 to 20 so like carolyn's age <laughs> no like me carolyn mm-hmm. and it's about them I think it's about the younger one watching, from without having to see the movie, and basically a limited understanding, it's about her watching Greta Gerwig and helping her character come to terms with herself mm-hmm. as a person, and for the other person to, like, see New York and learn about it and learn about life. So, is there, what else did you want to say about the movie, Carol Lynn? That article, I think, does disservice to it. Sorry, I cut you off. It, no, no, no. Like, I, I absolutely agree. The article I found incredibly hard to read it's it's a review of the movie um and i was skimming all over the place to kind of even figure out what the movie was about because even in that tagline they're just using big words that like kind of really have no meaning like (laughs) they're unnecessary this is gonna seem mean and like i haven't read the article so i can't be sure Mm -hmm. but from what carolyn has told me about it, it it seems like it's the exact thing that that movie isn't is what that article is writing about. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. Like that's what it is portraying as something not good. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be what the article is writing. Like it's like writing for the people that Gerda Garwig is p- 
playing like as <laughs> that's what they're aiming for and it's just like no you missed the point here yeah that's not what this i feel like this movie is just approachable enough like general bombach or gerwig fans are gonna watch this movie and be like oh yeah love it but like we've said it's it is more approachable by um other people so i feel like this is the kind of movie that could just blow up and everyone else will be sitting there going like but like we've noticed this talent for a long time and so that's kind of what the article is all about. It's like, oh, wow, look at this movie. It's so edgy and different. Blah. And it's like, okay, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think what, this with While We're Young, I think While, You're, While We're Young might be more of a, um, his break, his like mainstream breakthrough. Yeah. Um, but like, I hope he keeps making, like this movie comes out this weekend. Uh, wide release anyway or it came out last weekend wide release i should say or mm -hmm. limited release sorry i just can't talk <laughs> but i hope it does well because he obviously doesn't need this movie to do well to make more movies because he keeps he makes like two a year somehow now mm -hmm. so i i would like other people to take notice of his talent because i think he is a interesting director who says who does good movies and I hope they don't make him do, or I hope he doesn't decide to do Star Wars or, you know, Ugh. a Marvel movie or a superhero movie. Or if they do let him, let him, like, go away and just make it. And then yeah. he comes back and be like, yo, I made a Mr. S Captain America or something. <laughs> Have, like, the, <laughs> the slowest paced, like, most bumbling, <laughs> about, awkward Captain America. It's about superheroes who want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to be your friend, but I want you to be my friend. <laughs> it's just like that would be. So, I don't know. I, I think people should watch. I want people to watch this movie. Cause, or watch Francis Ha, because it's on Netflix. And While We're Young is on VOD. Mm -hmm. His other movies that I'm blanking on right now. But he does good shit. So. It's true. That's Carolyn saying it's going to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that? Or is that a, a very brief? It's It's a brief one. It's a brief one, Carolyn news story segment that is, you know, inflates her ego. So. It, it does. I need to have my own segment. <laughs> she does. It was part of her deal. <laughs> like, the only way I'm doing this is if I can get something named after me. And I was like, it's, she wanted it to be called the dunk cast, but I had to put the walls up on that one. Yeah, we had to get a better name like, than that. <laughs> it's... It's like, Carolyn, nobody will know what that is, except, <laughs> except your family, or they'll think it's about basketball, and then it will be people talking about movies. Hey, but people would listen to it. Yeah, and then be really disappointed. <laughs> they think it's a basketball podcast, and they just realize it's a stupid pun made with somebody's last name. <laughs> yeah. By the way, which are Carolyn's favorite forms of humor? Puns, yes. She loves puns. Last time when Carolyn Carolyn picked this movie that I hadn't heard of called The Lunchbox and it stars Irfan Irfan Khan and he's a Indian actor that's kind of crossed over in the last few years into Hollywood movies he's in Jurassic World and Life of Pi and Carolyn has the synopsis off of IMDb okay The Lunchbox came out in 2013 and its original title was Daba which I'm pretty sure means Lunchbox The Lunchbox <laughs> which is very creative okay so it says a mistaken delivery in mumbai's famously efficient lunchbox delivery system connects a young housewife to an older man in the dusk of his life as they build a fantasy world together through notes in the lunchbox it's funny i it, accurately sums up the movie it's incredibly accurate i um it's funny i look at the poster or the movie cover or whatever 
And the way the girl, the main actress, is looking down, she looks a lot like... Oh, that's good, because I forget her name now. Not Shailene Woodley, the other one. From 90210. <laughs> oh, if that doesn't help me. <laughs> she was also in Degrassi. Oh, okay. You're just naming shows that are... Which 90210, the, the remake? Yeah, yeah, of course. I, you think I watched 90210, the Beverly Hills one? No, no. Oh, God. Which one? There's... Sheehan Grimes Beach and Jessica Lowndes and <laughs> Sinead Grimes. <laughs> Sinead Grimes. Oh, she got married. She got that. She's got that. She got that beach added on. Yeah, Sinead Grimes. But anyway, she looks like her, um, but like an Indian version. Anyhow, so the lunchbox. <laughs> Back to our movie. Now that we've watched this, um, I don't know about you, James, but Netflix has given me a lot of like Bollywood movie recommendations. I haven't looked, so it's not a Bollywood movie. It's, it's, it's not. A, it's an actual movie. But now I'm getting all these, like, if you like this, you might like Bombay Dance number seven. And I'm like, oh, okay. No. Um. I don't want to watch. It's, it's, I, like, looking at the poster on IMDb, I think that it does a huge disservice to what the movie's actually about. It makes it seem way more rom-com-y than yeah. it actually is. Mm -hmm. Because this movie is a rom-com, but it's not in the traditional sense. It is much more of a, it's, it, I think saying this movie's from India does it, like, makes your expectations, uh, doesn't accurately measure your, like, what you should expect from this movie, because if you're an Indian movie, you're like, oh, Bollywood, so it's going to be, like, fucking crazy, mm -hmm. like, dancing, colorful, kind of uh, over the top a little bit, um, whereas this movie is much more like a foreign Hollywood, like, foreign. Indie, almost, yeah. It, it is an, an indie, so that, yeah. that's how I would describe it. Yeah, it's very, it's slower than like, a, you know, it's it's no Katherine Heigl rom-com. It's a lot oh, slower God. than that. <laughs> and um, uh, A little slow. Yeah, but what I liked is that like... I, what, what did you think of the movie? Let's just start there. I, I really enjoyed it. You never really saw where it was going. I kept thinking that people would meet up earlier in the movie and that kind of thing. But what I found interesting is that the building of their relationship was also very slow. Like the notes they first sent were... Short, as Who they would you? be. Yeah, yeah, as they would be, because you're not going to sit there and be like, confessing all of your feelings or whatever. It was kind of just like, their thoughts that went through their head, which is a very interesting use of the letters. And they kind of used each other to channel their emotions and that kind of thing through. Like, I found it interesting in the one scene where the man was talking about how he used to watch his wife outside when he, you know, he was having a smoke on the porch and he used to watch her inside. And it was this whole long, sad story about his wife. But then what the lady picked out of that message was that the guy smokes. Like, she, and, and then she was like, don't do that. So I found that interesting. Like, if it was a face-to-face -face conversation, it probably would have been like, oh, yeah, my wife did this and it was so sad. And then she would have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm sad. She's dead, blah, 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 blah. And it, it almost felt like them writing through these letters was a lot more real to human emotion than than what you would do face it's, to face it's like it's two people trying to i, I don't know find, like read us like find a reason for a living again i guess essentially mm -hmm. yeah they were kind of living parallel lives here mm -hmm. like irfan khan is playing a guy who is going to take early retirement and his wife died i don't think that i can't remember if they say it as time but like a short like a year to six months of some form of tumor Mm -hmm. Nim Nimrat Kaur. I'm sorry for <laughs> butchering these names, but the guy, the lady who plays Ela, is in a 
loveless marriage essentially or her husband it doesn't isn't interested in her anymore and she has a young child and she's trying to be the perfect housewife and she's trying really hard and she's not getting anything in return mm-hmm. and even though they say there's a giant age like they say he's like they they say he's like almost in his 60s but he doesn't look like he's in his 60s like no. the actual actor's not even 50 yet so it was like wow i could see them together it's not a stretch but mm-hmm. they're making him seem way older than he actually is so that's the basic summary of it and like i i think we will spoil stuff but not right away so i i liked this movie it was a bit slow paced for me uh, it took a little while to get going and like there isn't a ton of dialogue uh, to begin with it's kind of I think like the first 20 to 30 minutes is very much just watching these characters take place and I think both of them are pretty great actors because mm-hmm. I think he's he was noticeably better than everybody else in his scenes like even when he was sitting at the desk like he accurately described like a man who is grieving and then through writing the letters is still grieving and is still kind of miserable in some way but is i don't know a little bit happier and more under like understanding of what happened in his life and stuff so but mm-hmm. i think both of them did a really good job so you should yeah, watch well, it for I, what, that reason i do find it interesting yeah there's not a lot of dialogue but then you think about the reasons behind it and it's because they're both such secluded characters Ela just is at home all day and she's cooking and she has this child who's, like, young and so doesn't really talk a lot. Seems like a shy child. Other people around her. Mm-hmm. Whereas he is isolated by choice. Mm-hmm. And, like, even uh, the auntie character, who I thought was hilarious. I like their whole shtick. Um, basically, her auntie lives upstairs. And you never see auntie. She just yells up and down to her. And it's, like, her one friend, her confidant. Um, but what I found interesting about that is that that was her one friend. But you still never saw her. So even though she knew she had that lady there, she still felt lonely. And I think them showing her always alone in the kitchen, she would hear her aunt's voice. She would, like, the camera would pan down and you would see her daughter. But mainly it was just her alone in the shot. And I thought that was really interesting. One thing that I noticed a couple places where I've read about this movie, it keeps mentioning the tagline, which says, Can you fall in love with someone you've never met? And that really bothers me as a tagline for this movie because I don't think that it's really a story about love. I think it's a story about loneliness because these people, you don't see them falling in love throughout their letters and that's really not what it's ever about. It's them using the anonymity of letters and the secrecy and using each other's confidants because it's less scary talking to someone that you don't know. And it's them just trying to reach out and connect with someone and find connections between each other's lives. And they do have those parallels, I think. They show them a lot through very subtle things. It's not peppered throughout the movie, but you'll see one swat at a fly, and then it'll cut to the other one swatting at a fly, and then it'll go to their story. And they do it only a few times, so it's not, like, annoying, but even when you hear the music, um, the the man, Sajan, he, he hears music of these kids singing on the, the subway, and then it cuts to the lady listening to the soundtrack, but you, you don't realize, because it's not like he's hearing the song, she's hearing the song, like the exact same recording it's like they just live very similar lives even if they have different jobs and different um expectations in that sense yeah it was i i agree about the the tagline i think that's just blatantly wrong and that's how they're marketing the movie Mm -hmm. i i don't think it was the people who made the movie who made that tagline 
And I did like those techniques of like, like the transitions of how they would do it between them. They would do like a similar action mm-hmm. to show similarities and like other things in their life that like they would help each other understand things that are happening because he would help like w- with the husband and she would help him understanding why his dead wife did these things and like help him understand that sort of stuff. And like he, he does be make a friend as the guy who's like replacing him and he has to train. Mm-hmm. They become become friends and you find more about like that character is, is somebody who was alone but is now no longer. He's and he has the he has the luck of being young and being able to build himself up to that point and just kind of whereas these other two have they're older and have passed that point but i think he provides i don't know <laughs> hope for the other guy that that he can make new connections with people cuz they become incredibly close in like a short amount of time and that like he doesn't need to isolate himself from all this and he's trying to pass that on to she has that confidant and auntie but they never sit face to face so he's trying to i don't know i think helping her to understand the point that that can happen for her in the future as well because mm-hmm. they talk about him that that his friend in the letters but not not much so it's the kind of movie that i feel like if you really sat down and wanted to analyze it like if you felt if, if you're someone who likes to look for deeper meaning within movies which sometimes i do and sometimes i don't but I feel like you could find a lot of symbolism and that kind of thing in there with the auntie and the uncle who the uncle just stares at a ceiling fan the whole time. And you could you could really think about like, yeah, and you could think about why why they bother to spend time telling that story. And I think I think they do do it for a reason. I think it goes beyond just wanting to paint a better picture of the, the main characters' lives. I think that's just showing, like showing those characters their own mortality right Mm -hmm. she tells him about the husband and he had the wife who died and then her father dies later in there and the mother has that huge problem of not being able to come like she doesn't even feel sad Mm -hmm. right like she just feels hungry it felt yeah it 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 felt kind of you know circle of lifey in that sense um especially with sajan the main man you're right he has that that buddy who's the his new replacement essentially and i think that you kind of got the sense that that guy reminded him of the the you know kind of innocent and maybe stupid optimism that you have when you're first starting a job and joining the workforce but then meanwhile he's like smelling himself and he, he's reminding himself of his grandfather and and it there's actually a lot of um you know references to age and that kind of thing throughout even in you know describing that uh, in one letter he says Oh, Eli, I think you're probably very young. This song, you know, probably came out when you were born or something like that. And so yeah. I think it's <laughs> it's very much about age and aging and feeling satisfied with what stage you are in your life. I would say she's in her, in the movie, she's in her mid to early 30s. And he is in his late 50s, I think is what they're portraying. But he doesn't look like he's in his late 50s. Mm-hmm. And it might be more believable because, like, he doesn't even really have that much gray hair. <laughs> he just... Yeah, he's he's a fairly good-looking fellow too. He is, and I like. I think Carol and I are kind of dancing around what happens at the end of this movie, and we're gonna get to talk to that right back now. So if you haven't finished the movie, uh, listen, watch it, then come back to this. But first, this continues Carolyn's trend of picking foreign films that jump between languages. <laughs> <laughs> like it starts, and it's like all in. I know there's. I don't know which language they were. It's speaking, Hindi, but... I think. 
in Hindi, and yeah. then it's just English all of a sudden in the workplace. And I was like, what? What? And so I was like, is this how everybody else in the world just, just talks? Like, they jump between all these different languages? Because both of us live in Canada, which is, there's French, but not really in the provinces we live in, so everybody just speaks, speaks English. We don't jump to other languages, but in the, this movie, it's like Hindi, then English, then Hindi, then English. Yeah. And they both speak English, and it was just, it was weird. But, uh, and like, Anyway, like I think, like moving on to the ending. What do you think happened at the ending? Because they leave it. It's very open. It's it. It's very open ended. It leaves it at a place where you're not sure what's going to happen. I think I kind of liked that choice because I think I expected them to meet up feel... a lot earlier in the in the movie, and I think I would feel cheated if if there was such a big closure because the whole movie is about how they. There's something missing in their lives, and I think if it just ended in a nice little nice little bow, I wouldn't like it as much. It would be un it would be untrue to the rest of the movie. It wouldn't fit mm-hmm. like thematically. I mean, with it would be what, like or the tone it was saying. Yeah, it would be satisfying in that you're like, oh, good, they finally met. I kind of like that it was open ended. I I would like to think that. Well, it was fairly clear that um, Sajan was on his way to go try to find her. He went to the place they were planning on meeting. Like, the place they were both talking about. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if he got the letter or he just decided to finally move there. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, he probably did get the letter. Because remember, he thinks he's going to leave at first, then comes back. Yeah, but that could have been... See, I like that they didn't really blatantly explain that. Because it could have just been because of choices of his own. Because I think he got there and was, you know, not necessarily satisfied. Or maybe... No, I think it was because he was sitting across from the old dude in the train. And he realized... That if I go into retirement, if I don't take those chances now, I'm going to be you, the old dude. I'm going to be my grandfather, you know, that kind of thing. Recently at work, he was feeling younger and the, because of his coworker and because of this girl that he was talking to. But he, at the very end, he does go to meet the, the lunchbox people. And it seems like you don't, you don't hear it, but it seems like he's asking them for directions or like trying to convince them to tell him where, the, where her address is. And he's in the truck with all of them, so, like, in my mind, he's on his way to go find her, and you know, is on that little errand. But she's her, she's left very open-ended. You don't know if she's going to leave. You don't know if she's going to, yeah, just pack up and go, or, you know, if they're going to catch each other. Because she's waiting for her daughter, and you're waiting for him to get to her, and you just, they don't tell Well, and you, you don't know if, if she ever sent that letter. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's left with, it's... The movie ends with her saying, like, I don't know if I'm going to send you this letter mm-hmm. if I if I do or if I don't. And then it just the last time we see her is her staring out a window holding the letter and then him on the train with the lunchbox people. But like, what does that mean? Like, that could be. Yeah. And like, realistically, they could have missed each other by weeks. Like, who who knows? Mm-hmm. Um... I, I, I actually like it made me like the movie more this mm-hmm. this ending because it felt very much more like real life. Like there is like you don't meet people. Not everything ends up like a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Life takes people in separate ways. It it also kind of, you're waiting with the characters. The whole time you're kind of sitting there, like, every time they got a lunchbox, I was like, okay, what's the letter say? And you're sitting there with the character, excited about reading the letter and that kind of thing. Because this story doesn't really jump around in time. You're, you always feel like you're with the characters, especially since they're never on the screen at the same time. So it's like, okay, we're hanging out with the guy, we're hanging out with the girl. So what I liked about it is it you were her anxiously waiting for her daughter to come home hoping, like, trying to figure out if she's going to send the letter or whatever. And then you were him speeding to go meet her and, like, being nervous about it. So I kind of like that because 
we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day, and that's the same with them. All you know is he's sitting in the truck wanting to go meet her and not knowing what he's going to find. Yeah, and like, and she doesn't know what she's going to do. Like, she hasn't made a decision yet either, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. Like, she could have already left to this place and left her husband, or she could still be there and just deciding to be like, this is my life now. Exactly. Or I'm unhappy, I guess, with what's... I'm not being appreciated, but I have my daughter, so there's always that. Whereas she has something to like think about and live for, where he's very much more able to be like, yo, let's just leave, because what do I care? I've worked 35 years at this job, so I have my pension and whatever. And I'm widowed, so I don't have anybody else. Exactly. I liked it. I, I overall thought it was pretty good. It was a good movie. It was... Mm-hmm. I. I... I have mis- I have issues with it, like it's pacing and some of the way, like certain things in the movie, I was like, does this really, like I think, like a lot, like there's certain things that could have been cut out and made it feel like tighter, because there was parts where I was like, like losing focus mm-hmm. on the attention thing. It's also hard with a, a subtitle movie, because if you miss a line, you miss a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh god, but like, I, it's it's not that difficult, it just felt very real life to me, it felt very like western in eastern world to me well yeah what i also found interesting is it it was surprisingly relatable in that it talks about living in a busy city where everyone's kind of bustling by each other and not really noticing each other and how sometimes especially when you get to a certain age things are just monotonous you're just waiting till the next thing well waiting till you die is like because this movie was very much about mortality and that kind of thing so it was very relatable in that sense. Yeah, no, I, it was interesting. It made you think, mm-hmm. which I think is is good for a movie to do. Like, that's what I usually look for. I don't like turning my brain off in a movie. I like something that makes me think about life or mm-hmm. other things, like Mad Max. <laughs> my one, I'm allowed one per podcast with Carolyn. I'm allowed to slip that in there one time. Mad Max? She's, oh my goodness. Mad Max. She's held me to one at a time. <laughs> She's allowed one pun. I'm allowed one Mad Max mention. It's true. It's in our contract. It's in our contracts. <laughs> and and that she gets something named after her. It's true. That's why I get the news segment. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that was the lunchbox. I, I think I think both of us would tell people to watch it. But mm-hmm. uh, if you aren't into those, like a movie that makes you think about life in and mortality... Or movies that have subtitles, maybe not, but I think you should probably still check it out. It's interesting. I agree. Okay, so thank you, everybody, for Wait, what are listening. we watching next week, man? I'm getting to that point, Carolyn. Thank I'm you so for excited. ruining my ending plan. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn's that kid who opens all of her presents on Christmas Eve because she can't wait till Christmas. That is not true. I hate gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're from yourself. Yes, I like to buy my... Th- I went shopping yesterday and I spent a lot of money. Too much money? Way too much money. But I needed but new clothes. But what did clothes. you buy? Clothing. You're not wearing new clothes. No, it's because I was at the beach. That's not... You're not wearing a bikini right now. <laughs> no, but I wear the shirt home. That's what's... That's like... I've seen that shirt many a time. Yep. Okay. Thank you for listening. I, after we plug our stuff i will say what we're watching next week and i'm partly because i'm still deciding in my own head (laughs) but you can follow me at james underscore willicks and carolyn at 
cheese fan number one. I think I, my Twitter is just that so that I can hear you say it. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't ever use it. I don't think she. The I don't think she's ever uses it. Like neither of us really tweet that much. But uh, if you want to, but we post the new ahead. podcast. So if you want to follow along and you don't want to check SoundCloud every ten minutes, well, uh, I wouldn't say every ten minutes. Or you could subscribe to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. Thank you for the segue, Carolyn. Yep, that's why I'm here. Yep, that's that's the only reason. <laughs> They're supposed to leave reviews, comments, whatever. Share it with your friends. It's always appreciated. All that sort of stuff. And what we're going to watch next week is a, I'm, I'm deciding between two movies right now, and I can't decide. I have one that fits in with what we talked about or one that I haven't seen but is available on Netflix, and the other one isn't available on Netflix, but Ooh. it's available on streaming services. So I'm trying to decide, and I've seen one before, and I haven't seen the other one, and I don't know which one I want to watch or make you watch. Okay, we're watching the movie I haven't seen. Okay. It's called, let me just, I'm going to pull it up on Netflix to make sure I get the title right because it's a long title. It's a foreign film, so I'm pulling a Carolyn. Good. It has subtitles. <laughs> it, and it's available on Netflix. I don't know if it's available on all Netflixes, but it's available on the one I have. It's called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh, I actually wanted to see that. Yeah, I, it's a black and white movie, and I don't want to say much more. Because I think that would ruin the surprise. Because if you don't know about it, you should go in. If you don't know about it, you should go in without knowing. But it's a film by a first-time female director. And it's filmed in... It's like it's, I believe it's Iranian, but I could be wrong about that. But that's what we're watching next week. A Girl Who Walks Home Alone at Night. Which is Carolyn's life story. It's true, man. I live alone. And there's the catchphrase. So goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs>